Guys, it's so good to be with everyone this morning. Um, I've, it's been a while. I've been away for a while, so it is good to be back in person. Uh, we, the Krugers had a great family holiday. It was quite restful, except for the fact that every single Kruger got COVID. And we had to isolate in batches. We didn't just do it all at once. 18 days of isolation. Um, but it was... I'm an introvert, so I was like, this thing's not so bad. And we didn't have to do all the things we had planned, so it was amazing for me. The rest of the family went a bit crazy, and I didn't get it. Well, I think I was actually ground zero and passed it on to everybody else. So um, that's us. We come back rested. We come back excited for this year. Amazing that we don't have to do contact tracing. We don't have to book for church. It feels so unnatural to book a place for church rather than just come. So that's lovely, and it's so good to be with you. As Mike said, we're, st- we're continuing Proverbs, and it has been an amazing journey where at the beginning of this year, we just thought, what a what, what a better way to start than to invite ourselves as a community into the ways of wisdom into what is true and what is real in this world, to to align ourselves to wisdom, to seek wisdom, to seek the benefits of wisdom, to seek the ways of wisdom. And this morning we're going to be talking about the words of wisdom. And um, we know that anything that sustains life, sustains life or brings about life is incredibly precious. Um, but these things that sustain life and bring about life, we often take for granted until there's a deficit of them. I think of something like water. Water we take for granted. We swim in water, we drink water, we water our gardens with water, and actually water brings life to everything and sustains life and brings healing. But it's something that we take for granted. But as Cape Tonians, we have known the value of water when we almost hit day zero a few years ago. Do you even remember day zero? It's like being COVID, just taking you back a bit. Day zero, where there were times where I was like, what would I give for water right now when you're having to use sanitizer to do everything and you're thirsty and the only thing you can find is a bottle of sanitizer and you just want water. We understood how precious water is. And if we'd hit day zero, if we'd lost access to water in a city like Cape Town, can you imagine the death and the destruction and the difficulty that would have been caused by that? And here's the thing. Words of wisdom are like water. They're incredibly precious and they bring about life, they bring about flourishing, and they can even bring about healing, and they have incredible power. But we tend to take words of wisdom for granted. But I don't know about you, but I, I kind of feel like in our world and in our time, we've kind of hitting a words of wisdom day zero at the moment. It feels like you go onto social media or the news and it's full of fake news, it's full of opinions, it's, a, it's full of opposing views that use the same stats to justify what they are claiming is true. There's a lot of anger and agenda and fear and anxiety being produced through media and social media. And I would say that we've got a lot of truth out there, we've got a lot of words out there, but we don't have a lot of wisdom in our words at the moment. And I think what our world needs, and and it feels like our our wisdom dams are emptying out quite quickly, and our opinion dams are filling up quite quickly, and we're finding ourselves in a bit of a wisdom deficit. So as we look to Solomon and his Proverbs, and we look to the words of wisdom, and we're going to fly through a whole bunch of Proverbs this morning, so you're going to have to keep up. We're going to see what what words of wisdom are, why they're precious, why they're important, and how valuable they are. We're going to see that the wise speak wisely. We're going to see that words of wisdom bring life. They speak what is true. They are careful. 
and they, are never, they never carry any deceit in them. That's where we're going this morning. I'm going to pray, and we're going to start working through the Proverbs together. Father, I pray that as we come to your word this morning, that you would bring your life, that you would pour out your spirit, that we would encounter the living God, that we would encounter wisdom himself. That God, you would, you would, you would do the work to our words that need to be done. That you would transform our hearts in such a way that we would speak words of wisdom in a world that seems to be in a deficit of words of wisdom. Father, would you bring your life, would you bring your flourishing, would you bring your goodness to this message and to our lives this morning, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so firstly, we see in the Proverbs that the wise speak wisely. What do I mean by that? Well, there really are, Solomon kind of, the Proverbs place us into two categories, our words into two categories. There really are only two categories. It doesn't matter how many languages or what language you speak. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how young or old you are or how many words you speak. Basically, our words fall into two categories. And Solomon doesn't mince his words when he speaks about these categories. The first category, he says, your words either fall into the words of the wise or your words fall into the words of the fool. It's quite funny, in my prep for this message, I realized I was going to be saying the word fool a lot. It strangely excited me to be able to say the word fool a lot in a sermon. I don't know if that makes me foolish or not, but I also kept picturing BA from the A-team. Um, um, if you're laughing, you're, you're my generation. If you're not, you're either side of my generation. Okay. Proverbs 10.14 says, The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. You see the two categories of our words. We're either those who are with the wise and we're storing up knowledge, speaking knowledge, or we are those who are foolish, bringing about ruin with our mouths. What do we mean by the foolish? Well, the foolish are simply those who choose to act or speak in a way that does not align to the words and the ways of God, bringing ruin to themselves and others. It's very simply the definition of the foolish. And which group we find ourselves in, either those who, who are, find themselves amongst the foolish or those who find themselves amongst the wise, really, really does matter. And the reason it matters is because our words have the power to bring life or death. Our words have very real power behind them. And Solomon, the wisest man to have ever lived, the claim of the scriptures, he says, our words have power, very real impact in this world and on our lives. Uh, Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So our words carry very real power. Rather speaking the words of the foolish and bringing death or speaking the words of the wise, bringing life. Proverbs 10:11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. I love that phrase, the fountain of life. It's an amazing phrase because it's so easy to know if we're doing it or not. If I had to ask of you or ask myself, are your words a fountain of life? I think it's quite easy to say yes or no to that statement. It's quite easy. If I had to ask husbands and wives, if I had to ask your spouse, is your mouth a fountain of life in your marriage? and in your family, I think it would be quite easy to answer. If, you, if I had to go to your friends, your friendship groups, or your extended family groups, or if I had to go into your workplace and we had to ask our, our people around us, is my mouth a fountain of life? How would they answer? 
It's an amazing phrase. Because for the wise, when they open their mouth, they bring about life. And it's as if their words are a fountain bringing life into the world. If yes, if the answer is yes, you're walking amongst the wise. If your answer is no, then you're walking amongst the foolish. And the foolish, their mouth is one of wickedness which conceals violence. It's another amazing phrase. Do you find that when you open your mouth and speak on social media, in your family, in your friendship groups, in your workspaces, that there is more damage done than good, more harm caused than life? Because that is the way of the foolish, and the words of the foolish bring more destruction than they do life. So either our words bring life, or they bring death. And not only do the words, our words have the power to bring life and death, but our words have the power to wound or heal, bring healing. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like a sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I love that. Where other words have caused wounds, where other words have harmed, the wise can step into that moment and with their words bring healing and restoration to those wounds. Or we can find ourselves the foolish, where we heap wound upon wound upon wound in people's lives wherever we go. And again, our words are important because they can either bring life or death, healing or wounds, but also these wounds go deep. These wounds affect us at the deepest level. Look at what Solomon says in Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. That our words go as deep as the level of soul and, and the words of our soul and that the words of a righteous person, a, a wise person are sweet and gracious. They, they bring life to the soul and they bring health to the body. We all know that when our souls are heavy and burdened and wounded, it affects the way we are physically. I mean, look at these Proverbs, Proverbs 12, 13. An evil man is ensnared by the transgressions of his lips, but the righteous escape from trouble. That our lips, our words can ensnare our own souls. We see that in Proverbs 18:7. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. And then Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Isn't that incredible that that's Solomon, the, uh, the, who wrote the Proverbs, I keep saying Psalmist, who wrote the Proverbs, says that our words can alleviate the fears and the anxieties of our soul, or they can ensnare our souls in fear and anxiety and not just our souls, the souls of people around us. I must be honest, as a father and a husband, I've realized the power of my words. There are moments when I'm under pressure and I know I walk into my family and I can get overly critical and nitpicky and frustrated and irritated and, and the, the burdens of my soul are then placed on my family and it's amazing how deeply they go. I can see it in law when I've been overly critical. It's not just that she carries something in her heart but that she seems deflated in her body. And I see the same for my little daughter Layla. Our words have power to bring life and healing to people's souls 
and bodies or death and destruction ensnaring souls by our words and anxiety and fear. So I ask us again, if you had to ask yourself or get people close to you to ask you would, you, would your words be words described as words that bring life, that are sweet like a honeycomb? Or are your words more bitter and ensnaring to people's hearts and souls? And because of the power of words, because our words carry such power, such weight, an ability to bring life, death, heal or wound, ensnare or liberate, Solomon says this in Proverbs 14:7, leave the presence of a fool for there you do not meet words of knowledge. Saying words are so powerful, don't even presence yourself in the, where you can hear the words of a fool because they do carry weight, they do carry power. Now this is why I regulate my social media so much. <laughs> I'm not calling everybody on social media a fool but I know how foolish I am on social media and I know how many foolish words there are on social media. And it's not that I'm on social media all the time. Um, it's not that I don't, I'm not on social media ever. It's that I, I regulate how I go on social media. Because I find for me personally, when I'm on social media a lot, it fills my heart with anxiety, fear, comparison, envy, frustration, anger, irritation, self-righteousness, everything that is of the foolish side of our language tends to be brought out in me when I'm on social media, so I regulate it. I think there is a great danger of unregulated news and social media. I don't have any, so this is not for everybody, this is just how I have to manage my own heart, my own stuff, and make sure I don't do something stupid on social media. I don't have any social media apps on my phone. I have to go on the internet, log into Instagram, and actually intentionally go there. And I've been very careful about who's on my feed and what's on my feed, because I want to obey the ways of wisdom. I want to remove myself from the presence of the fool, and I want to seek the words of knowledge. That's not for everybody. That's just how I've had to manage my social media. But that's one example that comes to mind, is one where we may be presencing ourselves with fools. And since these words are so powerful, since words have such power attached to them, such an ability to do so much good and so much harm, Solomon says these, that words, wise words, words of wisdom are incredibly precious. The two verses we read earlier, Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Proverbs 20, 15, there is gold in abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Words of wisdom are, are precious. They're like water in day zero. In, they've got incredible value. And wherever there are words of wisdom, there is life and flourishing and an abundance of goodness. And wherever there is a lack, there is ruin and destruction. So words of wisdom are something that we should seek, something that we should long to hear and something that we should long to, to say and, and, and for the, our mouths to be words, uh, mouths that are full of words of wisdom because we want to bring what is precious and good to this world and to our own hearts and souls. So words of wisdom have the power to bring life. 
If these words are so important and so precious and have such great power, how do we know what they are? How do we know what words of wisdom are? How do we know what they sound like? When do we know we're speaking them? When do we know that others are speaking them? And the psalmist gives us some ways of, of discerning words of wisdom from the words of the foolish. And one of the ways that he gives us is the words of wisdom speak what is true. Words of wisdom speak what is true. Proverbs 17:4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. You see, the way of the, fo the foolish is to align to lies, to align ourselves to the liar and to lies. The way of the foolish is to love deceit, to love manipulating what is true, real, and good in this world for our own means, to deny what is real and good and true in this world is the way of the foolish. Proverbs 12, 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Because lies are a distortion of what is good and true and real in this world, God finds lying an abomination. God finds it incredibly offensive. Why? Well, the opposite of, of lies is not just truth. The opposite of lies is faithfulness. We see in the psalm, those who act faithfully are his delight. You see, the opposite of lying is to align ourselves to truth, which is to align ourselves to God himself, which is an act of faithfulness. To faithfully follow in the words and the ways of God is to not be a liar. It's to be one who is true and who loves what is true and good because the words of God are always true. Proverbs 35, every word of God proves true. Now we are gonna jump into the Psalms, because I love this, Psalm 33 verse eight. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. God knows what is real and true, why? because he spoke everything that is into being. Everything that exists, everything that continues to exist, everything that is good and real and aligned to reality in this world is of God because he spoke it into being. God knows what is true because he made it. God knows what is real because he determined what is real. God's ways are true and God's words are true, which is why he finds lying so offensive because lying is the choice of the foolish to misalign themselves from God, his words, his way, his truth, and what he determines to be real. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. True wisdom is found in alignment to what is true. True wisdom is found in alignment to God himself. This is why I think worship connects so deeply with us. That moment where we rock up like this morning in church and you, you kind of rock up a bit cold and the songs start and you start to feel your heart start to thaw. And by the end of it, you are worshiping the reality of who God is because your heart and our souls long for truth. Our hearts and our souls long for what is real and what is true. And that's why worship connects so deeply when we speak truth about who God is. So, the words of wise, the words of wisdom speak what is true. But the words of wisdom speak what is true 
always, all the time, in every situation. Proverbs 16, 13, righteous lips are the delight of a king and he loves him who speaks what is right. See, wise words are not weak words that capitulate to foolishness or lies. Wise words are words full of conviction around what is true and real and good. Wise words are words that love truth, seek truth, speak truth, even when it is hard. We speak what is true, we speak what is good, and we speak what is real, even when it's hard. You know, the, the Solomon's speaking of that moment where you find yourself, and I think we've all had it, where you find yourself in front of a person or a group of people who have authority, influence, or status over you. Maybe it's a group of people or people that you revere, whose, whose approval you want, or you deeply respect them, and that moment comes where you know that what is being asked, what is being questioned, what is being said does not align to what is real, what is good, and what is true about God or His creation. And you find yourself going, oh, I should say something. But you know that that moment is a rubber, the hit, rubber hitting the road moment where your truth telling, your honesty is gonna cost you something. It might cost you advancing in the ways that you wanna advance. It might cost you conflict in that moment. It might cost you the respect that you so desperately want. It might cost you the affirmation that you so desperately desire. And those are the moments where the rubber hits the road and we are found out to be either foolish people or wise people. People who align to wisdom or people who align to foolishness. And we choose sometimes foolishness to save reputation or to gain favor, and we find ourselves amongst the foolish. Or in that moment, we choose to align ourselves to what is good and true and real, and we choose the way of honesty. And Solomon here is speaking of a king who is good and wise, a ruler who understands that to, to rule with, with um, people around you who aren't just yes people, but people who speak what is right is the best kind of way to lead and rule and be a leader. But that's not always the case. The scriptures are full of examples where truth-telling is costly and it costs a lot in the moment. One of the reasons we called Nathan my boy Nathan, and one of the reasons I love that name is because Nathan is a prophet who was a truth teller. He aligned himself to the ways of God, to the words of God. He aligned himself to what is good and true, and he even confronts David and says, David, you have sinned. And he gives David the opportunity and his courage to repent before God, and he does. And he causes good to come to David ultimately and good to come to the people of God because he was a courageous truth teller. And so yes, there is a cost to honesty and words of wisdom do come at a cost, but remember they are precious. But there's also a reality to, to this cost. Proverbs 12, 19. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Proverbs 21, 28, a false witness will perish, but the words of a man who hears will endure. It's a very, very simple equation, and it is actually the equation of wisdom and foolishness that you see throughout the Proverbs in so many things. Tell the truth now, tell a lie now, short-term gain, long-term pain, or the way of wisdom. Be honest now, short-term pain, long-term gain. It's the way of wisdom. Those who lie will be exposed and found out. 
but those who are truth-tellers will endure because you are aligned to what is real and true and good, and because that is God himself, it is eternal. And then here, this is a really good reason to be a truth-teller. Proverbs 24, 26, whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. I can see all the pastorals with dating couples right now. We didn't break boundaries, we just told the truth. It's not what he's saying. Truth-telling is like a warm greeting. It does something in us. When you encounter a truth-teller, there's a sense of safety and warmth there. You know where you stand. You know who they are. And you know what they mean and what they intend because they are honest and they are true. Now, truth-telling is a massively important part of what it means to speak wisely. But words of wisdom are not just true words. There, is, there are two other equally important parts that, are, uh, that make up words of wisdom. And the second part to words of wisdom that you need to add to truth-telling or honesty is that words of wisdom are careful. Words of wisdom are careful. Solomon speaks a lot about how careful we need to be with our words. And we'll see that, that words of wisdom are both true and careful. And I would put it to us that our world is full of true words and our world is full of careful words. But what we need are true and careful words if we want words that are wise. You see, you can speak something that's true and isn't careful and therefore it's not wise, or you can speak something that's careful but not true and is therefore not wisdom. You need both truth and the carefulness of wisdom. You see, truth without the carefulness of wisdom is like a scalpel without a surgeon, dangerous and deadly as opposed to life-giving and healing. We need truth and the carefulness of wisdom. There's a lot of truth claims being swung around at the moment. And a lot of those truth claims and a lot of those agendas and a lot of those causes and a lot of those things are truth without the carefulness of wisdom, which is why I think as a world and a people, we feel so beaten up at the moment, because truth has become a sword rather than something that is life-giving. And so we need truth, and we need the carefulness of wisdom. So what do careful, wise words look like? Well, Solomon tells us. Firstly, careful words are words that have been pondered on, Words that have been considered, words that have been weighed. Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like swords thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We read that one. Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So the first thing about our words is that our words are words that are pondered upon. I love what 1528 says when the righteous person ponders how to answer, how to answer. You see, so much we are, so often we are so concerned about what I'm gonna answer, what I'm gonna say, that's truth. 
And we're not as concerned about how I'm going to say it or what the impact of what I'm going to say is going to have. And what we see is Solomon going, no, the how and the what go together if you want to speak words of wisdom. If you just care about the how or you just care about the what, you're not going to speak in a wise way. You're going to end up speaking foolishness. But both the what and the how, words that are pondered, words that are considered, words that are weighed, and I love that phrase again, rash words are like a sword. Nathan has this little aluminium pot that he plays with and um, he's gotten stronger. And I was lying on the floor one morning and the <laughs> next thing I was just whacked on the head. And I turn around and he's smiling and he's just swinging this thing around. It's like his best thing. It makes noise, it hits things over, it bashes his dad in the head. And that's a picture of rash words. They might be true, but you're swinging them like a pot, clunking people on the head, knocking things over and damaging everything in your path. But rather we are to ponder our words and make sure that our words bring healing. And simply said, sometimes not saying anything at all is probably better to not be hasty, to slow down. Fast words, unconsidered words and rash words are not careful words, they're the words of the fool, no matter how true or right they might be. Then we see careful words are restrained words. Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Proverbs 51, a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up angry, anger. Emotions are incredibly important. Emotions are important. Emotions are a gift from God. We should feel really deeply about stuff. We should, when we see injustice, we should feel a righteous anger that, that burns in our souls. When we see something that is incredibly beautiful, we should find our souls worship and full of awe and wonder. And, and as we look out over God's creation and encounter God himself, feeling deeply. I felt deeply in worship this morning. I was pouring out my heart before God. That is important. This, Solomon is not saying that we shouldn't feel deeply, but he's saying that between our emotions and our, our what we feel and our mouth, there should be a level of restraint. And that actually a wise person can feel things very deeply, but can speak with a cool spirit and a soft answer. It's not that we don't feel. It's not that our emotions aren't important but it's that we ponder and we consider with a cool spirit, how do I say this and what am I gonna say? I often say to Law, I'm not shouting, I'm just passionate. <laughs> she looks at me like, no, you're shouting, it's pretty clear. Our passion is not an excuse to swing swords around and wound people. Careful words are gracious words. Proverbs 15, 26, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. That our words are seasoned with kindness and mercy and gentleness and goodness, where we intend good for the person we're speaking to, no, no matter how hard the words we have to speak are. How much more for those of us who are Christ followers, where we have the gracious words of Christ, come to me all who are tired, heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest where we enter into the throne room of the creator himself, the most wise person, and what awaits us is that he says, come with confidence where you will find mercy and grace in your time of need. 
Our words should invite people into a space where they know that they will experience the mercy, the grace, the graciousness, the kindness, and the goodness of Christ, because we ourselves have experienced that. Careful words are a few words. Don't worry, we just got three more things to do with careful words. Careful words are a few words. Proverbs 10:19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 13:3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 17:28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Again, the equation's quite simple. When the volume of words goes up, the quantity of words goes up, the opportunity for foolishness seems to go up at an equal rate. And we tend to go from that which is wise to that which is foolish. The prudent person, the wise person, doesn't just speak volume of words. They speak considered, weighed, and restrained words. You see, the, the simple reality is, I think what, what we learn in the Psalms is that you can't speak prudent, considered, weighed, restrained words at a high volume. It's just not possible. And so if you find yourself being the one who comments all the time on everything, nonstop, you have to ask yourself the question, are my words restrained, considered, weighed, and brought before God? See, Solomon thinks this is so important. He says, whoever guards his mouth, that we need to set a guard to our mouth. And again, this is a guarding or restraining the amount because he says, whoever opens your mouth too wide. It's, I love the imagery. It's almost like you put someone there and when the mouth gets too wide and the volume's about to increase, he just pulls your mouth shut. And then careful, and then he says it so bluntly that sometimes just saying nothing at all is the best option. That sometimes the wisest people just remain silent. This is not in time to speak. This is not the moment to say these words. And then finally, careful words have sought understanding and knowledge. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Our generation's motto at the moment is live your truth. It's kind of out there, just live your truth. And that the most alive a person can be at this time is to express their truth. But I think that that motto could, could probably be better described as live your opinion. And our kind of agenda could be that to be the most alive is to express your opinion, to live out your opinion. And the problem is everybody's opinion is different and everyone is wanting to express their opinion to seem authentic. But I think the scriptures and the Proverbs would challenge us that to be truly authentic is to align to what is true and good and real in this world, to align to God himself and his ways and his words. And actually what this world needs is less opinion and more of what is good and true and real for us to stop and pause and listen and consider and to desire to understand. You see, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. And I think our culture has become a bit foolish in that we don't take pleasure in understanding, we take pleasure in speaking our opinion. And so the opposite, the wise, the wise actually delight in seeking understanding. Is that a description of your heart and your response to people? that you delight 
to understand, to hear, to really consider what is true, good, and real in this world? Or do you find more delight in expressing and sharing your own opinions? And that's why I think we find ourselves in a culture and a time where there is a wisdom deficit or a words of wisdom deficit because we're so enamored with our opinions and we've stopped listening. Proverbs 19, 27, cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. We stray from the words of knowledge when we stop listening and we just speak. And then finally, how we discern whether we are speaking or hearing words of wisdom is that words of wisdom are not deceitful. Words of wisdom are not deceitful. Proverbs 18, 4 says, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. And what he's speaking about is that our souls are deep waters. They're complex, they're complicated. You can't always get to the depth of them. You don't know everything that's down there, that our souls are complicated. But in our words, you start to see what's going on in our souls. And a wise person is not deceitful. A wise person is honest about their agendas and what is going on in their heart. And a foolish person is one who is deceitful deceitful about what's going on in their heart. Look at Proverbs 26, speaking of a foolish person. Verse 22, the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. What he's speaking about there is like a mug. You've got a mug which has been glazed and painted and it looks beautiful on the outside, but it's hiding the ceramic on the inside. He's saying some people use their words as a form of deceit, is that they, they, they know that there's hatred, they know that there are agendas, they know that there's hidden stuff going on in the heart and their words are used to glaze over that, to hide it. Let's keep reading. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. So clear. We disguise hate with our lips and harbor deceit in our hearts. 25, when he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. So here we see that words that are true are not enough. Words that are true and words that are careful are still not enough to be words of wisdom. We need words that are true, we need words that are careful, and we need words that are free from deceit to truly be speaking words of wisdom. Where our words are honest about what's going on in our hearts, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what our agenda is, what our intent is. 26, though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. And again, again, we see the, the foolish end of deceit and that it is always temporary, it is always, the hidden will always be exposed and revealed. And so the way of the wise is to remove deceit from our words, to not use our words to conceal hate, to actually desire harm for people, but to speak graciously. You see, words that are gracious with hidden agendas, hate and deceit behind them are not words of wisdom. There are words that will harm and cause harm. Words that we try to use to manipulate people or situations to get our way where we pretend we're being gracious and kind and loving. And the wise will ultimately triumph. Proverbs 12, 6. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, 
but the mouth of the upright delivers them. Proverbs 11.9, with his mouth the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge the righteous are delivered. You see, the wise, the foolish will win for a bit, but the wise will endure forever, which is why our words of wisdom are so precious. And why as a people we should align ourselves to words of wisdom, listen to words of wisdom, and seek to speak words of wisdom. Now as a preacher, this is a difficult message to preach because I just paint the biggest target on my back. I mean, my wife's in the front seat here. You know what I'm in for all week? Oh, that wasn't careful. That wasn't kind. That wasn't wise. And we, as people, I get hold to this account. And to be honest, as a person, and as a preacher, as a father and a husband and a friend and a coworker, I know without a doubt that my words are probably the thing that exposes the condition of my heart more than anything else. And I find myself far more over here in Camp Fool than in Camp Wisdom. And that it is a daily struggle, a moment-to-moment struggle to not be harsh, critical, or unwise with my words. It is difficult. It is something that I fail at all the time and regularly. And a message like this can come to a whip to our backs and we feel, okay, I've got to bite my tongue, I've got to speak wisely, I've got to do what is good and what is right. And yes, we do, because we don't want to be harbingers of death and destruction. We want to be people who bring about life and goodness. So we have to find ourselves asking the question, how? How do I step out of camp foolishness over here into camp wisdom? How do I do that? Because this is precious and I want it and I desire it. And the answer is always found and will always be found in God. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. There is one place to find wisdom and knowledge, and that is in the person of God, the creator of the universe. We covered that. And it is our words and our ways that ultimately our greatest problem is that we have chosen foolish ways that have disconnected us from God. We have chosen ways of thinking and feeling and behaving and speaking that say, God, you're there, I'm here, don't need you. These ways seem good and true. And that's our ultimate problem. And our words expose us. Our words expose, my words expose me that there are things in my heart and the way that I think that are misaligned from God just from the way I speak and the things I say and how often I speak unwisely. And so how is it that we are meant to find these words of wisdom if we've disconnected ourselves from God and our words are evidence that we're not connected to what is true and good and real in this world? How is it that we find our way there? Right at the beginning, Proverbs 1.23, Solomon tells us, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. For those of us who are Christ followers, if you find your words not being a fountain of life and being more a fountain of death or a way of death or causing death and destruction, Biting your tongue, trying harder is not going to do it. What you need, what we need, is the very presence of God in our lives. 
And if your words are not words of wisdom, then what you need to do is to spend more time in the presence of God. To let him pour out his spirit to you. And he says, I will make my words known to you. It's not enough to just read words that we should speak. We need the very presence of God in our lives, in our hearts, in our souls, transforming these rotten hearts and souls from foolish hearts and souls to souls that are alive in him again. These souls that breed death to souls that breed life. Jesus speaks of being the wellspring of life. And that when we are in his presence and he has presence himself in us, life will flow out of us. So Christ follow, if you find your words not being aligned to wisdom, don't go and try harder. Get into the presence of God more. Make space for him to speak his words. Make space for his spirit to change your heart. Get with Jesus and you will find your words aligned to the words of Jesus. And for those of us who aren't Christ followers, where he speaks of if you turn at my reproof, if you, you turn at my command to repent, if you realize that you've chosen the ways of the foolish and you go, I have been foolish and I have lived independent from God, and you turn from that, you go, God, I want to learn, I want to live in the ways of the wise and I want to turn to you and I want to be in relationship with you and I want you to pour out your spirit into me, then this is your opportunity. You get to just turn to him. Say, I've been a fool. I want to be wise. I want to turn to the creator of the universe. Hebrews 12, 24, I'm going to ask the band to join me up here. It says this, And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. To those of you looking into the faith of Christ, there were two brothers, Cain and Abel. Both of them in the presence of God. And what happened was, Abel chose wisdom and he aligned himself faithfully to the words of God and he worshiped God and he walked in the ways of God and the more he did that, the more his life flourished and the more favor he found with God. But then there was Cain who chose the ways of the foolish and he started to misalign himself from the words of God and the ways of God and the more he saw God give Abel approval, the more hatred and mistrust grew in his heart to the point where he killed his own brother. And what this verse says is Abel's blood speaks of the fool's way. It leads to death and destruction. But Jesus' blood speaks of a new way. It speaks of a way where even the foolish can become wise. Not by what they've done or achieved or accomplished, but simply going, Jesus has done it on the cross. And the blood that he spilt there, spilt there speaks graciously and mercifully and wisely to my situation. And if I turn and depend on his finished work, I am no longer a fool. I am now wise. Let's pray and then worship together. Let's stand. Father, you are good, you are true, you are real. And this morning we want to freshly, as Christ follows, experience the joy and the delight of being aligned to what is good and true and real. So Father, would you pour out your spirit in this moment into each one of us, whether we consider ourselves Christ followers or whether we are investigating God. And would you do the work that you need to do? Would you bring life? Would you cause our hearts to worship and enjoy you now as we sing in response to you? Amen.